0: W-O-R-Q, Green Bay, Fox Cities. The following program is a presentation of Lakeshore Communications, and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Lakeshore Communications, Inc., its sponsors or donors. Three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. From the studios of W-O-R-Q in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, it's Crash Connell. Scott Sherris here. I haven't seen you since last month.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: (laughs) Brand new day, brand new month, March 1st, 2024. And uh, Scott is guest hosting uh, for Stand Up For The Truth today. So let's get underway. You have scripture and we'll pray and get
1: underway. All right. This scripture is specifically for the guest that we have today. It's Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering.
0: What scripture reference is that?
1: That is Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. All right, thank you.
0: Heavenly Father, thank you for another day, another month, uh, the seasons. Thank you for waking us up. Every heartbeat. Um, Every breath is a miracle. And thank you for your divine appointments today. Uh, We ask you to uh, be a part of this broadcast that we speak uh, truth in love. We pray for everyone involved, their families, their protection, and their ministries. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And thank you for those that you're bringing to the podcast today to hear this information. In Jesus'
1: name, amen. Amen. Well, my name is Scott Shera. I'm guest hosting Stand Up for the Truth today. Most of you know me as Grace's dad. You know We've gotten to know Crash over this week. This is my third time this week. It's like a regular job, and we have the wisdom of Crash in the booth, but nobody knows that there's a third guy in the booth with us, and his name is John, and he's a magician that puts it all together. So I want to recognize John this morning.
0: And he is Adult Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Award winner. Wow! Wow! How about that?
1: Was there only one applicant? <laughs> oh,
0: wow! <laughs> and John, no, and no,
1: you don't get a raise. Congratulations! <laughs> John <laughs> is so phenomenal. Every time when we're done, so you know they let me say whatever's on my mind, which is uh, you know that's a miracle in and of itself. But what John does when we're done with the program, he starts saying, "Well, let's get that on YouTube," uh, and then crash. Brings him down to earth and says, No, we can't put that on YouTube. So, John, say hi to everybody, please. Hi, hopefully this one goes on on YouTube and Rumble today.
0: (laughs) I I don't think it's going to be on YouTube. I'm just going. going.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. So, truth at any cost. That's the tagline for Q90. And today you are going to be blown away by the truth that our guest, Megan Smith, has to share. She has become a cancer expert. And I want to say for the record, you know, I, I talk a lot about doctors and nurses and they are not all bad. That is not what this is uh, about because uh, some of them have hearts that they truly want to heal. What the situation is, if you go back to the uh, scripture that I just read in Mark, you know, Jesus did not turn the woman away in spite of the fact that she went to the doctors first, and that's the problem I'm bringing up, is when we go to doctors first versus the great healer, that's a problem. And then when doctors pray, P-R-E-Y, on us through fear, that becomes a problem, and that is running rampant in our society because of the incentive programs, the standards of care, and all those things. I saw a billboard last week that we're going to talk about cancer today, and this billboard was about cancer, mm-hmm. and it said... Um if you've got cancer, you can get a second opinion in the same facility. Just process that. Wrap your head around that. I mean so of course they want to give you a second opinion in the same facility because they don't want you to leave the, leave facility. the facility. Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah, we had Coach Dave on yesterday and I want to just share something that he shared with me a long time ago. So he he paraphrases Satan's methods uh parroting the Wizard of Oz so you know uh, lions and tigers and bears oh Oh my my. and coach Dave says lies deception and fear oh my and that's what has taken hold was taken root in our society all right so Megan Smith she's new to Q90 she finished a documentary not long ago called a new standard of care which really dives into the cancer narrative I watched the film myself. It's exceptional. A link will be in the show notes. It's free to all the listeners, and Megan says yet because it hasn't been taken down. And so, Megan, with that being said, I would like you to uh, come on and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into making the film, and then we'll talk about the film after you do that. Welcome, Megan.
2: Thank you, Scott. Good to be here. Um, okay, so my story began in 2007. I contracted late Lyme disease, and uh, the Johns Hopkins told me I was incurable. I was going to have to be on high-dose IV antibiotics the rest of my life, off and on. And I said, no, that's not where I want to be in my life. So um, I left and found this thing called a Rife machine, R-I-F-E-N. It took me about a year and a half to get over the Lyme disease and co-infections, but my friend at the same time had a squamous cell carcinoma on his leg, the size of a silver dollar, and uh, he used the machine because he was thinking he didn't want to have surgery again. He it was a second; it was a recurrence, and so um, he used the Ray right machine. And lo and behold, in about six months, I think his cancer was gone. So I was like, "Wow, this thing, this thing really works. This is the real deal." And about a year later. My husband contracted lung cancer and so I could tell he was afraid of that he was stage four by the time they caught it um, a couple months after they did the biopsy it was stage four. and you know I said, you know maybe you should consider he was afraid of the treatments as we all are And I said, why don't you consider this machine because it cured I watched it cure cancer So he tried it on himself for about three days and his wheezing that was caused by the lung cancer um, cleared up. And I said, Proctor, that that means it's working. I mean, that's what that tells me. And he said, I I don't understand this machine. I tried to explain it, but he just didn't get it. And I said, so he he said, I have to do what my doctor tells me to do. So he followed the white coat. And after two cocktails of five chemos, one was a platinum, which is the most toxic you can put in your body. He was gone. He he lasted about six months after being diagnosed as um, stage four. So I I thought about that for about um, six years, and I really was irritated. <laughs> and I had three friends that had passed from breast cancer, recurred breast cancer. Um, in three years' time, two years' time, I lost three friends. And so I was getting mad at cancer, and I didn't like the way my husband went. And I knew there was a better way. So I had a master's in science. My um, my research was in molecular genetics. Um, I was already a reporter. I was doing investigative journalism for uh, newspapers like The Washington Post, who wrote, let me do an article on Lyme disease testing. And then um, I just put everything together. I lobbied Congress for 12 years, and I kind of like, wow, my background is just kind of coming together here, all these weird paths I'd had in my life. And so I just kind of took my something from above was telling me to go on this journey and I grabbed a cameraman, a first time cameraman, and we just went out on the road and started a little documentary um, group and uh, went over to Europe two weeks later after I had this harebrained idea and then went to Mexico and all over um, the U S and I got about 200 hours of footage and I it took me eight years to put this film together and I did another film in the min- in the meantime, on breast cancer screening. Wow. So I've got two films out now. So, so it took eight years priority. to put
1: this entire film together?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had we had the pandemic in there, right? So I was taking care of my 98, 90, 99-year-old parents, and um, uh, that was priority. So I put everything on hold for a couple of years, but I finally said, yeah, and I was exhausted, like everybody was after the pandemic, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish it. I didn't have the strength, and I just had a talking with the person above. And I said, okay, what are, what are we going to do here? And he said, call up Eric Marola. <laughs> so I picked up the phone and Eric was a fellow filmmaker. And I said, he did the Dr. Brzezinski films that maybe some of you know about. And I said, Eric, do you happen to have any chance, do you happen to have any time to do, edit a film for me? He said, I just happen to have, I'm in a little resting place right now because I, I had something got put on hold so i mean that was kind of weird and i went that's a sign i'm taking it <laughs> so i finished up the film in a year
1: so well, yeah
2: it was a strange journey yeah i, I interviewed
1: time. dr brzezinski on my podcast he programming with grace's dad he he was a great guest and the documentary on him is so eye-opening. It it uh, it, it was mm-hmm. extremely well done. My name is Scott Shera. I'm guest hosting Stand Up for the Truth today, and our guest is Megan Smith. She's done a fantastic documentary on cancer. We're going to dive into that documentary after Crash plays this first clip. This clip is G. Edward Griffin. G. Edward Griffin is one of the first who opened up eyes to the idea that cancer is not what we think it is and he wrote a book called World Without Cancer in 1974. So this clip is going to introduce our topic for today. Go ahead, Crash, please.
3: I am a seeing is believing kind of person oh, and I believe in drugs. Crash, <laughs> if surgery worked, cancer would be easy. If chemo worked, be none of these things work. I thought, what? look what you're doing to me. You know, you're taking out this organ and that organ. I did have my oncologist tell me that when I was when I was sixty, I'd have the heart of an eighty-year-old.
0: Harm from treatment is a real problem.
1: Oftentimes, if you follow the guidelines, you'll kill people.
0: I think we're doing it backwards sometimes. Yes.
2: Is that the standard of care?
1: That's the standard of
2: care. It hasn't been working so well so far.
0: Okay. Well, I labeled it wrong, so okay. I apologize. <laughs> no, can we play I, that I, one? I, thing? I have no idea why where that is. So I okay. I apologize. Well, then let's
1: let's go with I apologize. What that clip that we just heard is from an introduction to Megan's film and who you just heard was one of Megan's friends who lost her life to cancer. So let's talk about the film. Uh, I'm sure you know about G. Edward Griffin, Megan. Uh, So go ahead and and talk about, uh, tell us a little bit about the film.
2: I composed the film and it's four hours and 45 minutes long. It's, it's a comprehensive film. I thought this is never going to play in the, in the theaters. So I, I just put everything in there I thought would really help the cancer patient um, and or loved ones or whatever, anybody who wants to learn about cancer. The first act is 30 minutes and talks about what we're doing today which is surgery, chemo, radiation and the second act is on the alternative cancer therapies. Um, I put in a couple of the Mexican clinics and Um, talk to a lot of the doctors and go through their therapeutics and what they use and what their philosophies are. And then there's some patient stories that are amazing. They're like stage four cancers that were reversed. Um, And then the third act is, which I felt like I really had to put in there, was why we're not using them. Because that's what my friends all said. Yeah, yeah, Megan, alternative cancer therapies, come on. I mean, if there was a cure, we'd know about it, we'd be using it. You know, why would that be so? And I was like, well, you're now going to learn. <laughs> so my friends that have questioned me in the past watched my film and went, oh, okay, now I get it. And I'm going to Mexico if I get cancer, you know, kind of thing. So I think I did my job. I made it thorough and I don't know anything that I could have cut cut out because it's all important. You can watch it over two, two nights. It's free on YouTube right now at a new standard of com, And, um, I think that that's it. a uh, you know, I just did a deep dive into the medical literature. I tried to make it really airtight so they couldn't say she's full of baloney. And uh, I think I think I did my job. I'm, I'm proud of it.
1: Well, I thought it was phenomenal, too. And is it is long. It's four hours long. But I agree with you. You couldn't have cut out anything. When we did, we participated in a documentary. And, you know, at first you want it to be 30 minutes. so Everybody will watch it. But all of a sudden it's an hour and 40 minutes because there's so much you need to put in to really button it up and make it complete. So I I really compliment you on what you did. The film is absolutely outstanding. Every T is crossed, every I dotted, and I I think it's, it's really well done. I want to talk next, Megan, about why people aren't heeding the warning, but I'm going to set this up with how I see cancer right now and the programming on both sides so we we have a a cancer diagnosis so you get diagnosed with cancer you have an ailment you go to the doctor he does a biopsy comes back and he says you've got cancer and the next thing that he does the only tools and this is why the title of your film a new standard of care is very appropriate because the standard of care in his toolbox is cut radiation chemo and if if his heart isn't in the right place, he doesn't explain any alternatives. And what he does is use fear and says, let's get your chemo, rate, your chemo treatment scheduled for next week. And you're afraid. And your go-to then is, okay, you trust the white coat. You've been the doctor's program to these three treatment protocols. You're programmed to trust the doctor. Furthermore, your question becomes, does my insurance cover it? And the answer to that question is, of course, your insurance covers it because they're in on it. They are involved with writing these standards of care to literally hasten our death. So that's my perspective of what's going on from the 3,000 hours of research that I have so far since Grace's murder. So that programming is critical to why people are not heeding the warning. Uh, Megan, I want you to take as much time as you need to talk about why people are not heeding the warning.
2: Yeah, we have been programmed to trust our doctor, as you know, because we don't know about medicine, most of us, and so uh, we want to trust our doctors, and for the most part, we do, and I think medicine used to be more trustworthy, but of late, in the 1980s, they, they passed a bunch of bills, like six bills went through Congress real fast and were signed into law, and that kind of changed. That gave medicine a whole lot of leeway to just take advantage. That was when the vaccine court thing went through, and they have no liability when, um, if somebody gets vaccine injured, that was one of the bills that went through. So everything shifted then. And, um, it got, medicine got real kind of mean and dirty. Um, they took advantage. The, yeah, the Medicare, everything, the standard care starts with Medicare, which is the government's, you know, as we all know, the government's insurance arm. And then the private insurance covers basically what Medicare covers. And then from there, uh, you know, so the doctors are going to prescribe and do everything that the standard of care is talking about or they'll get in trouble. They'll be brought before their medical boards and say, why are you doing this? And plus if they don't follow the standard of care, if they get sued, they're liable because they didn't follow the standard of care. So they're in a, they're stuck in a box to follow the standard of care. They don't. They, they aren't allowed to talk to their patients about alternative therapies of any kind.
1: It they is really absolutely critical like, that the audience understands the standards mm-hmm. of care have put doctors in a box. They don't have to stay in that box. They still have a choice. But these standards of care come down from the government through the Center for Medicaid Services. And whether you're on Medicare or Medicaid or not, the standards of care become the get-out-of-jail-card-free for the medical profession and the standards of care we have been programmed to believe that they're for our good, but they are not for our good. Please continue, Megan.
2: Yeah, I mean, all medical doctors, all they know how to do, they don't cure chronic diseases like cancer or any of the chronic diseases, autoimmune, none of those. They cure, and they'll admit this, they only put a Band-Aid over the symptom with a medication. That's what they learned in med schools. And this all, you know, the whole medical field changed back in the early 1900s when they, the Flexner report came out, as they said, that it was um, mandated by Standard Oil that paid this guy named Abraham Flexner to study the what they should be doing in medicine. He said, close all the homeopathy schools and let's get these medical schools, you know, really – solidified and teach people how to use medications, these doctors. Well, oil makes chemicals, makes medication. (laughs) So it was a way for standard oil to make a lot of money and all the other oil companies. And that's what it was about. So while Europe was still using a lot of homeopathy and other natural products, the U.S. largely had turned to pharmaceuticals at that point. The doctors are only taught how to use pharmaceuticals and the ones for cancer are um, chemotherapy largely a lot of most if most if not all chemotherapies are carcinogenic in themselves. So they can treat you with the chemo, but eventually the, you you might get a secondary cancer from the chemotherapy. Same thing with radiation. Radiation, as we know, causes cancer. Why would we be treating cancer with something that causes cancer? It makes no sense. So we're everything. I mean, the only th- true way that you could really survive cancer, maybe. And I'm sorry to say this to anybody out there who's got cancer, if they catch it really early and they can excise it and you know surgically remove it and get all the margins, then you probably will survive cancer, unless your lifestyle is just terrible and you go back to what you were doing before.
1: You mean with um, the allopathic the, model, correct?
2: Right. Correct. With yeah. this new, that that's the only surgery is the only one that is truly curative, it can be curative if you get the margins and you get all the cancer. But once it once it's no longer stage one, there's already cancer cells starting to roam around the blood system and um, you know, leave and trying to find the next organ to hit. I didn't know that, you know, I think we're all kinda out of it. We hear stage four, we know that one's not you know, that one's a death sentence like my husband had. But stage two and three are not you know, real good either. You're you'll live longer with stage two, but stage three and four. You're you know, they're not going to cure you. They just they just won't. Um, so people need to understand that, and people want hope. But you're not, to have hope. It, it just it goes totally opposite of using conventional medications. Is not and they're terrible to go through the side effects we've seen all of our friends and family go through them and that's why we're so afraid of cancer is because largely because of the cancer therapies um so therefore cancer has you know i it is a scary disease i don't mean to downplay it but they it's we're also afraid of the the therapies so the whole thing we're doing is it's backwards and patients they get a, they're afraid they go in and the doctors are also i found this out i have a Um, an oncologist on film saying this. I said, you know, talk to me about patients being rushed into chemotherapy. My husband was rushed into it. He wanted to take a vacation. And the guy said, no, 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 you need to get chemo right now. So he never got to take the vacation. And he said, yeah, I hate to say this, but it is a competitive business. They want to keep you in their office or under the umbrella of their hospital, wherever you are. So they're going to put the fear of God into you and just scare you to the point where you're going to go, you have to get surgery tomorrow. You know, you have to have your breast taken off. You can't think about this. Well, if you have a breast cancer, it's already, most breast cancers are slow growing. It's been there between two and 10 years. So one, two, three more days, even a week, a month, is not going to probably change anything. So, you know, largely that's true. I'm not every time, but most of the time it is. So, but people don't understand that. they're like i have to get this thing out of my body immediately so they don't think they don't go on the internet they don't read about alternatives and that is kind of part of the whole plan of rushing you into treatment right away
1: right using the fear the the fear motivation my name is scott shara i'm guest hosting santa for the truth today and our guest is megan smith an expert on cancer Megan, I want to just drill down a couple things. You, you said a mouthful with the Flexner Report. Let's go one step back before the Flexner Report. You mentioned Standard Oil. So we know statistically that cancer was basically non-existent until the Rockefellers introduced the pharmaceuticals. And then the answer to cancer unbelievably became the American Cancer Society, also funded by the Rockefellers. Then the Rockefellers hire the Flexner Report so that they can infiltrate all the medical schools with this propaganda. Do I have that right, Megan?
2: Um, You know what? I'm not an expert on the history. I didn't do a deep dive into it, but that's about what I've heard, what you just said. I believe that's largely right, if not totally correct.
1: (laughs) So I want to start walking through, and we're going to go over break with this we want to give people some hope. So we're we're saying the, allop, the allopathic medicine model, the typical model that we are all used to, is not designed to cure cancer. So that's our stake in the ground. Let's walk through what you learned about some of the most promising therapies. We have about three minutes before the first break, so let's cover one before the break, Megan.
2: How about if I just do the philosophies and then we can go into details afterwards, if that's perfect. okay? Perfect, perfect. Um, so... One The oncologist, again, that I was talking to that was conventional and then start went into the alternatives, he said they're looking in the wrong place. They're looking uh, – conventional looks at the DNA and killing the nucleus, ki- killing the cell, the cancer cell. Unfortunately, when they do that, they're putting so much chemotherapy and radiation to the cancer patient that they're killing these other cells and sometimes killing the patient. They should be looking – cancer is a mitochondrial dysfunction. Mitochondria is – it's the – powerhouse of the cell it's where all of our metabolic cycles are all of our energy for our body is produced in the mitochondria so it's called the powerhouse of the cell so something happened you were stressed out or something something happened your lifestyle you're eating too much mcdonald's you're not taking care of yourself and and your mitochondria got messed up and it started to go crazy and then create this cancer so that's the long short of it but So they look at the mitochondria. So they know that cancer hate, uh, loves sugar and it hates oxygen, and they kind of go from there. Those are the two big things you need to remember can- about cancer. Loves sugar, hates oxygen. So did that wrap it up in this? That makes, still that, talk? <laughs> that makes
1: total sense. Yeah, keep going. We have a few minutes yet.
2: Um, so sugar is one of the big ones. I You know, the oncologists literally tell their patients to eat anything. The whole thing about... Sugar feeds cancer at a higher rate Is baloney? I don't know why these doctors don't know this. This was proven by Otto Warburg back in the early 30s. He got a Nobel Prize for it. And the doctors have forgotten their basic biochemistry. It's right there in my biochem book. It feeds it a lot faster because the cancer cell is set up to be a sugar-eating machine. It has more insulin receptors. And... I don't know why the oncologists don't know that. It just drives me crazy. But it's a real fundamental thing for any cancer patient to know. And that oxygen is good for you. Get out and exercise and do anything. There's a whole bunch of things. The hyperbaric chamber puts oxygen into your blood. There's things that you can do that are not that expensive if you are a cancer patient.
1: So that lays the groundwork. So we, we're, we're starting with, okay, if you get diagnosed with cancer, realize you've got to take it you've got to take your authority back. Don't give it to the doctor and we're going to cut out sugar. We're going to exercise as started. That's some baseline information. And then we've got to look at, okay, how, how, what are we going to do? All right. So now I've got cancer. I feel like I've got to do something. Let's hit, just introduce at least one, one cure that you've found before the break.
2: Well, um, you have to change your, your. You have to look at what you're breathing, what you're drinking, and what you're eating, and that's what these do- these holistic doctors will do. They'll take you through. You need to clean all that stuff up. Nutrition is a big building block for all of these all of these um, clinics. They teach you how to eat right. You got to take the McDonald's out of your life, and they start with that, the fundamentals. And med schools do not teach doctors about nutrition. They give them two minutes of nutrition, and it's usually in the form of fight. What's a vitamin? <laughs> not what the green leafy vegetable got in it. So that's really critical to know that.
1: That makes total sense. So breathing, drinking, eating, those are the basics that, okay, so now we've got uh, high oxygen, low sugar, no sugar, breathing, drinking, eating. Uh, Megan, before we go to break, can you go through your background? One of the things that impressed me about your background is that you were a lobbyist. Can you just hit on that quickly right before the, the break? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I lobbied for energy, uh, renewable energy. And um, uh, I, so I kind of know what goes on in the Hill. I know, uh, you know these big companies all work out of the same playbook. You know, if they're making a lot of money, they're going to keep the status quo. They don't want anything to shake up the status quo. It's scary to them because they want their margins to keep the same. You know, if they're making money on vaccines and chemotherapy, they're going to do anything to protect those two things. And that's what's going on right now in the medical world.
1: Yeah, that's been going on for uh, quite a while. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I've seen is, you know, 1986 with the Vaccine Safety Act really put a major stake in the ground because when that bill was signed, it, it eliminated all the liability for any vaccine ever manufactured. All right. We're going to go to break here. And when we come back, we're going to play a, a clip and then we're going to start talking about some alternatives that Megan has uncovered.
0: Now, remember, we have a video version of our audio podcast if the uh, material is appropriate on YouTube, Q90FM radio on YouTube but most of it you'll find on our Rumble page and that account is CTRN online CTRN online on Rumble to take a two minute break and return with Megan Smith on Stand Up For The Truth W-O-R-Q, Green Bay, Fox Cities. The following program is a presentation of Lakeshore Communications, and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Lakeshore Communications, Inc., its
1: sponsors or donors.
0: Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupwithetruth.com. Crash Connell here, along with Scott Sherrod. is Friday, March the 1st. 2024 fresh new podcast and my wife and i were talking last night and i don't know if anybody's ever said this do you know that we all have cancer
1: ah very good i'll have megan comment on that i did know that we all have, we cancer. All have cancer
0: i found that out from a do- from many doctors i i I got many opinions and they were in different buildings wow
1: yeah, the, yeah, Megan, the, why don't you um,
0: comment
2: on that right now? That would be good. Yeah, we're, we're constantly getting bombarded with things, um, you know, too much UV, you know, from the sun or whatever. And um, so our, our DNA is always, uh, strands are breaking, and then our body comes in and repairs it. And if, if it's a little at a time, it's not a big deal. Our immune system is set up to it's, take it's care of it. It's an
0: immunity issue. It, we all have cancer.
2: That's yes. why the strikes,
0: right. that's why, what is it? I think it is one in two strike. Cancer strike in women and one in three in men, I believe is what yep. the stats are.
2: Or, by, or vice versa, actually. Something We're like
1: that, yeah. Slightly
2: you know. luckier than you guys.
1: <laughs> so men are more likely or less likely, Megan?
2: More likely in men. One okay, so two.
1: one in two strike. All right. One for men, two one in three for women. So oh. do that. So uh,
0: mm-hmm. there's three of us in the room. One of us could have a, could have a cancer strike. Wow.
2: Well, yeah, very
1: I mean outside of the cancer that's in our body, you mean? A, where we've got well, to do, well, got to well, do something? Well,
0: uh, no, I mean it's if everybody has cancer, then something has to go wrong for it to to, right. Uh,
2: yeah as a disease cancer as a disease one in two men one in three women like i've had skin lesions taken off a basal cell so i guess yeah. i can say okay I have yeah, cancer.
0: yeah i have skin cancers too sure. that i had to have
1: removed that's what right. you know, when, when i interviewed g edward griffin that's what he said you know we have a, a wrong perception of cancer that's where i learned mean, that we all have you cancer mean the
0: clip that we, we couldn't <laughs>
1: <like>? <laughs> we've already forgiven you crash that's okay <laughs> all right so megan yeah, you know, I broached the topic of vaccinations right before the break, and I did that on purpose. And the reason I did it on purpose is we're hearing about turbo cancer now. We're hearing about well, they're going to have a vaccine for cancer. No kidding. I mean, that's the that's the playbook. They want to have uh, you know, vac- the vaccine agenda is critical to big pharma's success. They don't want to let go of that. And yet, what I I found in preparing for today's program, I found a doctor who was doing some research back from 1936. And I'm gonna have Crash play this clip and his conclusion is, yeah, it'll be <laughs> it's a miracle <laughs> if he can play the right clip, folks. Uh, it, his conclusion is vaccinations are one of the major causes of cancer. This is a very short clip, go ahead, Crash. One of them was a Dr. W.B. Clark of Indiana and in his book, I found a very interesting sentence. He said, I never saw a case of cancer in an unvaccinated person. Now, he wrote this in 1936. So uh, to me, that was quite a revelation. And other doctors have said the same thing, that vaccination is really a time bomb within the human system that can go off five years, 10 years, 40 years after the have the vaccination. You could have this time bomb go off. You could have a stroke, a heart attack, because it's always there in your system. You never get rid of it. So, Megan, have you connected those dots yet? And if you have, I'd wow. like to hear your comments. No,
2: that's, that's wild. That's, that's something to hear that all the way back into 1936 when they were a lot, you know, medicine was a little more pure, if you will. Um, I think the whole thing connecting, American Cancer Society said this on film. I interviewed them and um, also the National Cancer Institute, And American Cancer said, Otis Brawley, who was their medical director at the time, he said, yeah, they're looking at a they're looking at a vaccine. They were saying it's going to cure about 20 percent of the cancers. And I'm like, what? I didn't go down that rabbit hole because I only had 45 minutes with him. But I mean, I got I got to hand it to medicine. That's pretty brilliant because you're going to scare people are so scared of cancer. If they think a vaccine will prevent them from getting cancers. They're going to be sticking their arm out. You know they will be. I mean, that one's going to fly off the out of CVS so fast. It's going to make your head spin. I know they're hesitant about the the last COVID booster, but I just can't imagine people aren't going to be running to get an anti-cancer vaccine. I don't know what this beast is going to be made of. I haven't had time to research it, and that turns my stomach just thinking about it, quite frankly. But um, that that's pretty brilliant of them to <laughs> yeah. hand it to them.
0: Especially when you're saying give up McDonald's or take a shot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Right. Really. Much easier to get a shot, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We're we're lazy. I mean, I'm lazy. I was I was eating two McDonald's twice a twice a week. I was going you know running around filming. I got lazy and I started to gain weight and I got unhealthy and all of a sudden my one of my breasts was inflamed. They found it on a thermogram. So I reversed my lifestyle. I got back to healthy and the inflammation went away. But I very well may have been going down the cancer road. And that's in my first film wow. about breast cancer screening. So, yeah, that was a, I was the N of one on that, on that trial, but it worked. And I was like, wow, that's cool.
1: <laughs> my name is Scott Shera. I'm guest hosting Stand Up for the Truth today. And our guest is a cancer expert, Megan Smith. Megan, let's talk. Specifically about the most promising therapies that you have found. And I want to just give a little bit of background because as I mentioned in the first half, I interviewed Dr. Brzezinski and he's a specialist in stage four cancer. He's, he's done some amazing work curing people that would have, um, you know, thought there is absolutely no way. So uh, what have you found in your research?
2: Well, I'll finish up Dr. Brzezinski's story. He's out of Houston, Texas. He's a brilliant researcher, medical doctor out of Poland, and he he came up, he has come up with it. Uh, it's called anti-neoplastins. He found that people a lot of people that get cancer don't have these anti-neoplastins. It's a protein. So he puts it in them via IV, and a lot of cancers melt away. I mean, he's curing brain cancers. He's curing... 70% of glioblastomas, which is the most aggressive kind of brain cancer you can get, he's curing with antineoplastins, which is huge. Um, he's curing the incurable, pancreatic. Um, he doesn't cure it every time. You know, everybody's different, and some, is, some people don't have that problem. But he's curing it a lot of time. Um, so if I had brain cancer, I would go to Dr. Brzezinski because he does have something that is potentially a silver bullet for a lot of cancer patients.
1: What I really liked about interviewing him is his broad scope. Uh, he he didn't throw chemo or radiation completely under the bus. He saw those as potential tools in the tool chest. And so when you've got something that you get a death sentence for, you want to look at all the options from somebody who can objectively look at your situation and give you a plan not a standard of care but a plan. All right, go ahead, Megan.
2: Right. And so I'll use that to segue into um I think he I'm pretty sure that he uses a thing called chemosensitivity. So before you put the chemo into a patient, find out if it's going to help them with the cancer. There's a way to do that. I think it's a blood test. I'm not absolutely sure, but I I think he uses chemosensitivity. I know a lot of these doctors that do use some chemo, chemo light, I'll call it do chemosensitivity tests beforehand, which I think is brilliant. Why medicine doesn't do that, I have no idea. It's it's ridiculous that they don't. So um there's a thing called a lot of these doctors that I I um the clinics, especially the ones in Mexico, Arizona, some in California, are using something called it's a it's chemo light, it's it's called insulin potentiation therapy, IPT. And What they do is they use, I told you that the cancer cell has more insulin receptors. Long story short, they they throw in, they get the blood sugar right, they lower the blood sugar in the cancer patient. Then they throw in a bunch of insulin, the cancer cell opens up, and then they throw right behind it the sugar with the chemo in it. But the thing is, is they only need to use between 5 and 40% of the chemotherapy they would normally have to use on a cancer. So the patient doesn't lose their hair it's not a high toxicity load like they do when they just do full chemo just blast the patient and they're just it's a it's a way to target the the cancer the chemotherapy at the cancer cell is how i look at it it's brilliant it it does work and um can i mean chemotherapy does kill cancer like i said the problem is it kills a lot of other cells along with it the way they're using it so I talked to National Cancer Institute about IPT. I said He said, yeah, we looked at that. That's one of the three promising alternatives that we found that had safety and efficacy. Um, that one, um, homeopathy and a macrobiotic diet. I said, well, what happened to IPT? And he got real uncomfortable and started squiggling around and said, I don't think I want to talk about this. I said, well, what did it go up the food chain and disappear? I mean, I was kind of half joking. And he said, look, we just decided that it was chemotherapy and it didn't belong under the arm of alternative medicine. So we couldn't study it any further.
1: Interesting. So something
2: that was promising, they dropped. Yeah, I have this on film. My lawyer said I'd put it in there, so it's in there. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's something that's promising. They, they just dropped. And I was like, why didn't they just put it over into a conventional arm of National Cancer Institute and study it? Because they knew it would cut back on the amount of chemotherapy that pharma sells. And they are, pardon me, in bed with pharma. Yep. So they're all, it's a revolving door. They NCI goes, works for pharma, then they go back to NCI, and then they make more money when they go back to pharma. And they, you know, stock options. And it's, it's a form of payola kickbacks, if you will. And it's terrible. Um, so IPT was one of those. The other one was homeopathy. A lot of these places are using homeopathy. There's a, a, a clinic over in India curing cancers just with homeopathy, which is amazing. And remember, I said homeopathy was the original, you know, before med school, we had homeopathy. And so uh, that's explained a nauseam in my film. I won't go into it. It's really complicated and fantastic story. But um, anyway, so and uh, NCI saw that cancers were you know reducing in size with homeopathy they were going to go over study it in india but they ran into a problem with the indian government so they stopped studying it and again my question is why didn't they bring the homeopathy over to the u.s and study it here and get get around the indian government
1: which i know you're asking that as a rhetorical question because you already know the answer you know they're They, they are covering up, they, meaning our medical industrial complex is covering up the cures for cancer. You know, with the Dr. Brzezinski story, I didn't, you know, after you're done watching Megan's documentary, I encourage everybody to watch this because you will be shocked at how the government tried to put him out of business, steal his patent to cover up his cure. It was literally an attempt to cover him up and hardly anybody knows about him today because of all the, the effort they did to really take this man out it's a shock that he's still he's still doing what he's doing
2: and you know the reason he's really still around is because i went to one of the hearings of the medical board texas medical board has gone after him a number of times he's got like 20 to 30 patients standing behind him that are stage four glioblastoma survivors for 20 30 years and, and the medical doctors who are on the board go, we can't take this guy's license away. He's carrying cancer. So, I mean, it's really, it was a remarkable thing. I'm so glad I went and saw that with my own eyes. Um, but he, you know, Dr. Brzezinski is never going to be able to have his clinics popping up around the U.S. or they will take him down. But I think they're like, okay, we'll let him have one clinic in Houston and that's it. I think they finally have just thrown up their hands because they had FDA raids on them and all kinds of stuff. So, and every single one of the doctors, by the way, that I interviewed, they had all gone before their medical boards. They had all all of them had gotten their hands slapped. None of them had their licenses taken away. They Some of them incurred some fines, but not much at all. But they did incur big legal fees. And it's a way for medicine to try and run them out of business. So they get so fed up with, I can't keep doing this. They're going to keep coming after me. And so a lot of doctors just pack up and leave. But the strong ones god bless them stay around to, you know you know just kind of go under into their holes and help out their patients and just kind of hunker down and i, I just can't imagine working under those circumstances they're a very brave group of people quite frankly um, yeah. i can keep going on the on the you want me talk how about if i talk about high dose vitamin c iv
1: yeah what that a would be good of, and i also want you to talk about costs because that would be, okay. you know, the next thing people are going to. Well, my insurance isn't going to pay for this, is it? So I want you to hit on that mm-hmm. also. But yeah, talk about vitamin okay. C. I think that would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, I did see just real briefly. I saw, I saw a lot of these clinics have. I call them cornerstones because they all used they across the board almost. Um, they all used a high high dose IV antibiotic. Um, sorry, high <laughs> high dose I, uh, vitamin C, IV, and um, it it. Um, releases a uh, oxygen oxygen into the blood, which remember oxygen kills cancer. So they use that as a staple. Um, pretty much all these clinics do. And there's B seventeen um has arsenic in it that k- kills the cancer cell. It directs it to the can- um, to the cancer cell. It doesn't hurt regular cells unless you put a whole bunch of into the patient. But um, we have an enzyme that protects our other cells. Um, that is illegal. Um, in in it's it, they use it in Mexico. They use it in the EU. Some it's although it's largely been um, they've made it illegal in the EU, and they've made it largely Ill- illegal in the US. But it works when they go after something and they make it illegal. That tells me it works. Otherwise, why would they go after it, right?
3: Gets so, right on. Um,
2: yeah. So. Anyway, they got homeopathy, uh, dentistry is an important uh, cornerstone. They look at, you know, you, do you have mercury fillings? Is that dripping into your lymphatics? They found that, you know, one doctor said that 95% of his breast cancer patients had a bad tooth on that side, and it was just dripping into their breast, and as soon as they got rid of the problem with the tooth, the breast cancer melted away. 95% of his patients. So wow. dentistry, is, it's a big discussion. I don't know. I'm not an expert in that area. But if you go to a biodentist, um, they can help you get the toxicity out of your mouth. So that's not the cause of one of your chronic diseases. It can do all kinds of, wreak all kinds of havoc on your body. Um, you know, psyche, your stress level, get the stress out of your life. Very important. If you stay in the fight or flight for too long, you're cortisol levels stay elevated and mess up all your hormones and that affects your immune system and so that's really important and we just went through a big stressful um, pandemic i think that's part of the reason we might be getting these big cancers it's just part of the reason i said <laughs> i think covid did most of it but um it didn't help to go through all that stress right on. so those are you know then in my film i go through some other ones but those are kind of the big ones i just mentioned and
1: all right what about you know, the, the financial piece
2: found okay this is the part I don't like to talk about because it's sad um, no they're they're not covered by insurance largely and um, there's stuff you can do at home if you absolutely don't have much money at all there are books that can help you I I know people that have turned they you know they bought a blender they changed their diet drastically and they reverse stage 3c cancer Chris Chris beat cancer Chris Wark he has an amazing story. I mean, you can do it. You have to be really dedicated. You have to detox your body. You have to know what you're doing. I mentioned the rice machine. That's only like you know six, seven thousand um, dollars. You have to get the right rice machine, but it you know rice machine can cure cancer. Also, um, I shouldn't say that. I if done the correct way and blah blah blah. A lot of caveats to that. Using the c word, but. Um, but you know these clinics are expensive i would say the probably the mexican clinic is 25 30,000 for three weeks and i'm you know that's what about what it used to be i don't know what they are now post pandemic uh dr burzinski can run well into the six figures um so unfortunately a lot of these things are very expensive but you can if you really put your mind to it you can reverse your cancer or tamp it down or keep it at bay you have to change your lifestyle and so i'm going to tell people that just because there's so many books on this that you can read about changing your lifestyle well um, you don't have to doing. wait
0: for a cancer strike why not start now
2: right exactly
0: that's uh and that's
2: what we should be doing but medicine doesn't they don't try and prevent anything well they like oh, i'm gonna
0: I, i'm gonna go to the gym as soon as i get out of shape and fat <laughs> they well, go to the gym.
1: That's that's our prevailing attitude in our society. I mean, that has been, you know, we're at fault. You know, we let it happen, but the programming that has been take that has taken over for decades really encourages all well, of You've that. seen the memes on social media, here's your vaccine and it's a garden. That's a right? nice meme. Yeah. All yeah. right. So I want to yeah, I mean- go ahead, Megan.
2: So just big, big sugar, big food, big medicine. They're all, again, in bed together. They're all working in lockstep, unfortunately. I found an, all right, what proved this to me with the sugar thing is I, the um, American Society for Clinical Oncologists did this big study overturning all these little university studies that talked about how sugar feeds cancer at a higher rate. This needs to be, you know, this needs to be studied further. And so ASCO went in, and overturned these things with with statistics. Showed it in front of, at their big annual meeting to all the oncologists in the U.S. Saying, "See, you can you can feed your sugar to your cancer patient." And at the bottom of it, it said it was funded by Coca-Cola.
1: People have to that wrap their funny. head around what you just said. This is so big. They lie yeah. to us, and they can legally lie to us. We're going to play another clip here, Megan, and I want you to continue with this idea of how they lied to us. This is seemingly unrelated, but I picked this clip because my wife Cindy gave it to me two days ago. It's from the Weather Channel, and when you hear this, they have figured out how to put the COVID vaccine with a nice little bow so that everybody still takes it. It is a direct lie. This is a mainstream media spin. Exactly. This is how they do it. This is what 70% of the population is listening to. This, I, I think I can say crap. It's This is not right. Go ahead, Crash. Yep. And remember, a lot of
0: people watch the Weather Channel. A lot of people watch this. All right. Fake news here.
3: New research findings show COVID-19 vaccinations can significantly reduce the risk of heart attacks, strokes, and other cardiovascular issues among people who were infected with the virus. This study is the first in the U.S. to explore how both full and even partial vaccination impacts major adverse cardiac events. Using data from over 1.9 million patients, researchers found that the protective benefits offered by vaccination post COVID infection is especially pronounced among those with existing health conditions. Researchers say they hope their findings will encourage people to get vaccinated against COVID-19, especially people who already have coexisting conditions. Further research is needed to explain the mechanism through which vaccination reduces post-COVID complications.
0: That's not that's not a commercial. I don't need further research. I already know. But that wasn't a commercial so I my, you know I'm, I'm, a, you, bro, I'm a broadcaster. The first thing I would say was what what does this have to do with tornadoes?
1: Yeah, well <laughs> No, it's a weather channel. Right. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, think through what's going on. What, w- what we know, we, we don't need any further research. We know that the research is conclusive. That is 100% propaganda. There's not one thing that that lady said was true. And yet that is legal on the airwaves because of the re, well, I mean, it's been legal for a long, I mean, it's been illegal for a long time, but they did it anyway. But in 2012 with the repeal of the Smith-Munt Act, this became the, the standard of care with propaganda. Uh, Yeah, I I get pretty wound up with that type of thing. Megan, I want you to comment about how they lied to us.
2: Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that last thing (laughs) you played. That was pretty crazy. Um, Okay, so this is one of my favorites. Um, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. They put myths on websites, um, uh, American Cancer Society, National Cancer Institute, FDA, CDC. They put these, a lot of them, Mayo Clinic has one of these. Um, they have a myth page about myths about cancer. And then you read these things, and almost off the top of my head, I can overturn these things. I just have to go into the medical literature and go, that's exactly opposite. When they say something's a myth, generally speaking, whatever they're saying is totally opposite of what they, what's true. And I just can't believe these, uh, Susan Komen does this. I mean, these trusted organizations are just, Feeding people, they try and sugarcoat it and make it real simple to understand. A myth page, and I, it just really gets under. I I really respected Mayo Clinic because I know they're they're good diagnosticians, but the stuff on their website is so full of malarkey. um, I just I go in there and go, nope, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Are they even reading the medical literature? (laughs) And they're just feeding this stuff into their innocent patients who don't know better because we don't understand medicine. It's complicated. So they just follow, you know, it's just, I hate that. I just.
1: Yep, absolutely. Mayo Clinic has been held up as the the gold standard to all of us, and yet you just explain what what is going on behind the scenes. Megan, uh, you have been an absolutely phenomenal guest. We have about a minute and a half left. I want to give you the entire last minute and a half. Say whatever is on your mind and point people to the film.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, well, first, my my film can be found at a new standard dot com a new standard of care.com that's my website wherever whatever platform it'll be on then it'll be on that on my website and right now it's free on YouTube but eventually I'm yep. sure they're going to take it down so then I'll probably have to start charging but um anyway uh I wanted to I have another film too that you'll see on breast cancer screening you can find it on the, that website also but I wanted to leave people with hope I wanted to replace their fear with hope that's why I did this. I, my husband looked like a deer in the headlights when he got the cancer diagnosis, and I probably looked very similar to that. And we panicked, and we didn't know what we were going to do. I just had the right machine. Um, I hadn't seen the Ty Bollinger series, but if I had, I think it could have been a totally different story. 30 seconds. So I, I want people to ha- have this down and dirty. Two, uh, two nights of your time. Just watch the film. You'll learn so much more about cancer, and you'll be ready if you ever get God help you. You know, if you ever get a diagnosis, and I want you to have hope. God
3: Thank you Megan, you, Megan Smith.
0: Appreciate you, and remember, it's going to be posted. Uh, look forward on our Rumble page, C T R N online on Rumble. We'll have it on Center for dot com coming up here in about a half hour.